take a walk, ride, stroll, or just listen as you take hold and engage because you are now entering the Cerebral Podcast. The wordplay of the day. What can a job mean to someone with a disability? Answer. With a job or just one break, someone with a disability can earn money, earn respect, earn collaboration, and earn other skills. In addition, People with disabilities can also contribute to fill holes in understanding different situations and make different teams and different companies more whole. Thought of the day comes from actor, humanitarian, and social commentator Will Rogers. He said, If you want to be more successful, it's just this simple. Know what you are doing, love what you are doing, and believe in what you are doing. Hello friends and welcome back to The Cerebral Podcast. For new listeners, The Cerebral Podcast is me talking about my crutches as disability devices, and literary devices. I offer up personal advice to help parents, kids, and anyone else who wants to learn about my interpretation of disability engagement. I was born with spastic cerebral palsy as a result of being born with spinal meningitis two months prematurely in the 1970s. Spastic cerebral palsy is a movement disorder that moderately impacted my balance and coordination. The spasticity occurred because of stiff or tight or involuntary muscle movements. It primarily impacted my legs and secondarily impacted my arms and hands in a milder way. I grew up in competitive schools where I was mainstreamed in the 1970s and 1980s. I was the only kid with a physical disability in school. I was sometimes forced or coerced into difficult situations because of my limited options, understandings, or lack of support. As a result, I often used my cerebral against the palsy like an oxymoron. In other words, I used my brain to work through many of my physical, environmental, and even existential challenges. Reasonable accommodation and the ADA didn't become law until 1990, or broadly accessible to me until I was at Marist College in New York in 1991. Reasonable accommodation is an adjustment made to make fair the same system 
for an individual like me based on a proven need. As a result of not readily having access to reasonable accommodations, I often used enriched environment examples to increase my own social-emotional learning. The basics of social-emotional learning involve self-management and social management to improve self-direction and responsible decision-making. This is episode 78. Thank you for joining me today. Preface. October is National Disability Employment Awareness Month. Today, I am talking about inclusion at work and the inclusion framework from the Employer Assistance Resource Network on Disability Inclusion. The organization uses the acronym EARN. In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences, or ROPE, I am talking about the Will Rogers Institute and the summer fundraising campaign that played in movie theaters across the country. I also talk about the 1989 movie See No Evil, Hear No Evil with actors Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder. Both able-bodied actors played characters with disabilities in the 1989 movie. Be sure to listen for one or two things that you can take away from this episode. Now, let's both take hold and engage. According to the Employer Assistance and Resource Network on Disability Inclusion, the Foundation for a Disability Inclusive Work Environment starts with a commitment at the highest levels. Communicating the commitment is especially important when companies want to encourage applicants and employees with disabilities to self-identify. The Inclusion at Work Framework for building a disability-inclusive organization starts with Number one, leading the way with an inclusive business culture. Number two, building the pipeline with outreach and recruitment. Number three, hiring and keeping the best people with disabilities with talent acquisition and retention processes. Number four, ensuring productivity with reasonable accommodations. Number five, Communicating with internal and external company policies and practices. Number six, being tech savvy with accessible information and communication technology. And number seven, measuring success with accountability and self-identification. One of the best ways to foster disability inclusion is to get formal expressions of an inclusive commitment from organizational leaders. Another best practice is to have a disability-focused employee resource group where people with disabilities and colleagues can find camaraderie and collaboration strategies. Some of the basic questions for the inclusive framework are How do you define the word inclusive 
in your work or employment. What does the word inclusive bring to mind for you? Other questions can include, what are some examples of actions you feel your company takes to foster a disability inclusive culture? On the other hand, are there policies or company norms that serve as barriers to a disability inclusive culture? In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences or Rope, I am talking about the Will Rogers Institute and its summer movie fundraising campaign. According to the Will Rogers Institute website, the organization was founded in the 1930s. It helped vaudeville actors who were impacted by tuberculosis. It later became a national resource for public education and training in providing life-saving neonatal ventilator equipment to hospitals across the country. Each summer, in movie theaters across the country, the Will Rogers Institute held a fundraising campaign and used summer theatrical public service announcements. The PSAs, which began in 1936, were hosted by movie stars like Jimmy Cagney, Humphrey Bogart, and Betty Davis. More recent celebrities included Jason Alexander, Sylvester Stallone, and Gina Davis. Here's a clip that featured Gina Davis in 2007. Hi, I'm Gina Davis. Everyone loves going to the movies, but I bet you didn't know that just by being here, you could help people in need. See, for 70 years, the Will Rogers Institute has relied on the generosity of you and theaters like this one to become one of the nation's leading providers of medical school fellowships, neonatal ventilators, and educational materials. When you visit the concession stand, become part of the tradition and give generously. On behalf of everyone at Will Rogers, thank you for caring, and have a great summer at the movies. The way I got involved with the Will Rogers Institute was when my managers asked me to work the night shift on the weekend during the summer of 1989. My managers saw the opportunity for me to collect donations to help raise money and help children in need. I grappled with the decision because the disability handicapped stereotype came from people with disabilities begging for money. That was where the word handicapped came from. Ultimately, I decided that helping the next generation of kids in need involved me setting a good example. Sometimes, box office customers said they already donated or didn't have the money. And I responded that they could just carry their generosity forward by volunteering or sharing their generous spirit. I did have those movie theater customers who saw my crutches as a symbol of my disability. But I told them that my crutches helped me be successful and independent in my life. Yes, I needed the direct support of my crutches, but I could also direct or explain what I needed 
from my coworkers or reasonable accommodations. I also tried to help customers understand and advance the cause. Some of the people got defensive, so I tried to adjust their attitudes as I performed my job duties between the box office and the concession stand. That reminds me of the 1989 movie See No Evil, Hear No Evil. See No Evil, Hear No Evil featured able-bodied actors Richard Pryor as a character who was blind and Gene Wilder as a character who was deaf. The two movie characters worked together at a newsstand and became involved in stopping three murderous thieves after they witnessed different parts of the crime at a newsstand. The characters with disabilities later worked together with their different senses to foil and solve the crime in this American comedy. Some of the comedy I remember from seeing the movie came from a blind person trying to adapt to a seeing world and trying not to appear needy. The character who was blind pretended to read the newspaper as if he had 20-20 vision on the New York City subway. Here is the 1989 trailer. Why do you feel you have to pass with someone with 20-20 vision when you're blind? I don't feel I have to pass. Yes, you do. Just like if you were trying to pass for white. You mean I'm not white? Oh, sit down. It feels like it. <laughs> you're blind. Yes, I'm blind. I have no idea. I'm sorry. You're really blind? Yes. What are you, deaf? Yes, I'm deaf. How do you know what I'm saying? Because I'm reading your lips. Wally, there's a gun here. Don't touch it. Hey! Get rid of it. The deaf guy, he's not so sure about the woman. And the blind guy, he heard the shot. What the hell is he talking about? He reads lips. You're talking too fast. Was there or wasn't there a woman? Are you serious? Oh, Fuzzy Wuzzy was a woman? Are you with me or not? No! Oh, oh, Wally! What the? Go with the flow! Mix it! You really think you can stop coming? Not if it's funny. A good comedy, as you call it, is worth its weight in gold. I think we should kill them. Don't guide me. They're looking for a blind guy and a deaf guy. Stamp your feet. I'll follow the sound. I feel ridiculous. You look fine to me. Is that somebody shooting at us? This guy's blind as a bat. Oh, watch your step. What's the matter with you? I don't know what you're looking for, but it's a little to the right. I'm going to give you the first hit. Now, come on. Yeah. Hey, for 12 o'clock. Hey, for 12. Oh. Oh. 11 o'clock. Oh. We should hang out like this more often. Forward, right. Would you make a right. Forward. Paulie, go forward. How am I doing? We're not up high, are we? No, we're just a few feet off the ground. Yes, the movie used some visual gags and disability stereotypes. As a comedy movie, it used many tropes or situations to find the irony of difficult situations. In one scene I remember from the movie, 
Gene Wilder's character who is deaf instructed the character who is blind to fight in a bar. Gene Wilder's character gave the punching locations as 12 o'clock and other hands on a clock. The subtext I inferred from that scene was a person who was blind could fight and punch or clock someone. Because the movie was a comedy, these situations were sometimes exaggerated. But fictional exaggerated situations allow for debate, discussion, and the possibility for learning what to do and what not to do. As previously mentioned in this episode, there are sometimes situations, barriers, or norms, or expressions that sometimes are barriers to inclusive culture. There are many inclusive holes in the see no evil, hear no evil movie. But by bringing up issues or discussion points around disabilities, companies can become more whole. Disabilities and inclusive culture sensitivities at large have changed in many ways since 1989. To paraphrase what Will Rogers said, part of being successful is believing in what you are doing. Part of a job is not only earning money, but also earning respect and collaboration skills. Were there one or two things that you heard in this episode that you could learn from or lean into? You could also find more episode resources in the show notes. Thank you for allowing me to be a voice inside your head. Please share this podcast with someone you know. Were there one or two specific things that you learned or liked? Would you mind joining and sharing it on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group? You can listen to the show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you to the listeners who support the show on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group. I invite you to join the group. You can also email the show at thecerebralpodcast at gmail.com or send questions, comments, or ideas for the show. And remember, it takes effort to be vulnerable, be accountable, and be respectful in the way you treat others and yourself. You can be the biggest variable in your life when you take ownership. Now, take hold, engage in your world. You are now leaving the Cerebral Podcast. I never give up.